it's not something that we do. It's something that we can say on our system. We can say that our system is observable or that it's not observable or how well can we observe our system? Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, head of developer relations at Aquilas, the secrets management SaaS platform. Welcome back to the DevSec for Scale podcast. With me today is Yosef Arbiv. He's engineering group leader at Epsigon, which was acquired by Cisco. And Yosef, it's good to see you again. Last time we saw each other, it was at DevOps Days Tel Aviv, where you actually yeah. gave an Ignite talk on why we write code that we don't need and what the costs are of that code. So uh, it was a great, fun Ignite, and we had a good time. So Thank you, that Jeremy. Was, that was awesome. So it's good to have you. And we're going to be talking about observability and some of the practices around observability and monitoring. Uh, let's kick it off right away with a question before we get into more about you. What is observability? Give us the, uh, the lowdown. Yeah, so observability is more of a property of a system. Um, so observability is, how, um, is a measure of how well the internal state of a system can be inferred from the external outputs of this system. Okay, so let's say we have a, a, a website or a whatever uh, whatever system that we have. Um, it can be in one of many different states, right? Either everything is working as it should be, or maybe you have some issue with the database. Uh, maybe we have uh, errors in, in the system. Maybe uh, we don't have any error yet, but if we will have a couple of more users, uh, things start uh, falling apart, right? So we want to be able to know what the exact, the exact state of the system is by looking on the outputs, on the signals that the system produces. So that's observability in a nutshell. Right. Do you have a, a, a quick example of something to apply observability to? So you mentioned a database. What would be an example of something that would, you know, would throw you an error or some some notification that something is off. So um, when whenever when we're talking on on alerts, right? That's that's your question, right? Uh, um, which part of the system uh, do we want to set alerts on? So basically, we want to collect metrics from different aspects of our systems, right? We want to collect business metrics. And you want to collect development metrics, right? You want to collect the number of errors, um, the saturation of the system, uh, the duration of requests, and so on. And then we can set uh, we can set alerts on those metrics. So if we have too many errors, for say, or if we have um, the, the duration is getting too high. So then we can put uh, alerts on, on these metrics, and then we can know that something is, is wrong in the system. So this is the first example, the very basic example of having um, observability measures or observability practices for our systems. Great, great, fantastic. So let's go back a little bit, and why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and a little bit about your background. Okay, great. So um, I'm married to Adi. I'm a father of three amazing young boys. So uh, that's that, that. That's the most important thing, right, about my <laughs> about myself. 
Uh, other than that, uh, I have uh, 12 years of experience as a software engineer and as a team leader. Um, currently, I'm uh, an engineering group leader at, at Cisco. Uh, my group is responsible for uh, developing uh, the open telemetry uh, SDKs. Uh, we are a part of the open source community that builds open telemetry. Um, which is an open source uh, project for observability. Uh, maybe we can get we can get uh, back to that uh, later. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic. So, let's go back to a little bit more about implementation. So, how does implementing good observability practices benefit an organization? So, um, as a software uh, engineering group or SRE group, uh, we want to be able to understand what is going on on our systems, right? We want to be able to know uh, if there's an error on our system uh, on the best case before our customers know it, right? Or at least uh, as soon as possible. And we want to be able to, um, uh, to react to those uh, failures in our system uh, on the most effective way. We want to waste as much, uh, um, uh, we want to be able to fix the error uh, as soon as we can. Uh, we don't want to waste uh, time um, digging in the different uh, logs on, on different services in our system. Uh, we want to have systems that will work for us and will make our life easier when it comes to troubleshooting and monitoring our uh, applications. So eventually having uh, good measures of observability can help us um, decrease the response time for errors, spend less time troubleshooting uh, issues, and eventually less time, uh, um, sorry, eventually uh, being able to build our application faster. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, everything that we do around the software organization, the R&D organization is to make sure we code faster and safer. So Definitely. it's great. Now, one of the things that we didn't have planned here actually is a, a question that came up uh, in my head was, you know, read a lot about observability versus monitoring. Uh, monitoring, of course, is something that's been, you know, an, a big thing for a longer period of time and observability, I think at least in my mind is a newer concept, you know, not brand new, but it's newer than just monitoring in general, but they're definitely different. Can you give us a little, you know, bit about what makes them different and both necessary? Yeah. So I, I think those are, are, are a bit different terms. Monitoring is something that you do. Uh, we want to be able to monitor our systems, right? Uh, so, we monitor our systems in order to understand what's happening inside our system. Observability uh, is maybe a, a newer term, but uh, it's um, it's not something that we do. It's something that we can say on our system. We can say that our system is observable or that it's not observable, or how well can we observe our system, right? So if we are able to to have uh, the right outputs from our systems, uh, the, the right signals sent back to us from our systems. If we are able to have uh, the right tools for analyzing, an analyzing those signals, 
for correlating logs from different services in our system, for correlating um, metrics to the traces to the logs. Uh, all of these can help us build systems that are observable. So when we are monitoring our system, we can do it uh, more efficiently and better. So does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Great. Uh, and so the next question that I have then is, you know, obviously this question comes up all the time, microservices, right? <laughs> Everyone's starting, like everyone is using Kubernetes these days pretty much. And we're all really trying to move to that sort of architecture. So how has the game changed for observability uh, with the introduction and growth of microservices in terms of, you know, the difficulty in reaching, you know, let's say just a container uh, mm -hmm. or something specific service inside of a container and the amount of scale that you have with these microservices today. Yeah. So like I said, observability is relevant uh, for any kind of system, right? For any kind of system that we have, we want to know in which state the system is. We want to know if everything is working as it should be or not. But when it comes to microservices, the challenges become, be, are, are become much, much more, uh, uh, much harder. Um, the first thing is that uh, only to understand what exactly is our system. This is, it can be very difficult to understand what are the different services that are a part of my system. What are the APIs that my system exposes? Um, what are the requests that I'm getting? Uh, which services participate in each flow? Uh, and eventually, if you go back to the definition of observability, what are the different states that my system can be in, right? Uh, this question becomes uh, uh, much more hard to answer. It's much more difficult to answer this question when you're talking about microservices architecture um, rather than a, a monolith. So this is the first challenge when we're talking about uh, microservices. Um, the second challenge is troubleshooting the system. Um, let's say that you have, uh, you have an alert uh, from one of, of your, uh, of your um, microservices, or you have an alert that something is, is, is wrong. We have too many, we have too many uh, errors in our system. Um, we need to understand what is the flow that causes this error, right? Then we need to go and to search into the different microservices that participate in this flow and to, to, to try to understand which one of them causes this error. In order to do that, we have to correlate logs between different microservices. Now, each one of those microservices can be written in a different programming language. It can run on a different uh, cloud provider, maybe. Um, and, and correlating them can be very difficult. So we need systems that will help us uh, dealing with, with this challenge. And the, the last thing is optimizing the system. Um, let's say you have a customer that complains that a certain flow in the system uh, is not as fast as it should be. Uh, again, you have to search what are the microservices that participate in this flow. Only then we can start on to, to, to understand which one of them is the root cause for this behavior. And only then we can start fixing the actual issue. So these are the kind of challenges that we have uh, when we are moving from a monolith 
to a microservices architecture. Yeah, that sounds, uh, the just the amount of data must be almost soul crushing when you think about <laughs> how many how many systems are up at one time and constantly sending data, many, many different APIs, many different types of, yeah. uh, so like, and how does that side work? Like, how does some, how do you, how do you kind of, you know, keep that data clean? I mean, I know just, I'll say like, I, I come from a different background. I actually come from more of a marketing background and just mm -hmm. data on prospects and customers and all that. Even that information is difficult to keep clean. And imagine how much data comes in just from every API, API call um, right. is significant. So it must be, you know, much more difficult and much much more messy. So how do you how do you keep those things clean? That's a great question. So the the, the first thing is that eventually we want to be able to to use um, uh, unified systems, right? We don't want our data to be uh, separated into different uh, systems. We want as much uh, of the data to be sent to a single system eventually. Um, and um, we want to add to our logs identifiers that can help us search in those logs, right? So uh, like customer ID, transaction ID, and so on. So we can index them and we can search for them later when we need to access those, those logs. Um, uh, and, and by the way, this is where OpenTelemetry comes uh, to help us. Um, because when we have so much uh, different systems, it becomes a, 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 a great challenge for the, uh, the teams that operate the system. Uh, and it, it becomes a headache for, for like, you know, to understand where, where are the logs, uh, maybe I need a different system to access these microservice traces. So um, this is where OpenTelemetry uh, standardized the market and tried to create a standard way of creating this data and sending this data. Yeah, well, that was the next question, of course, right? Yeah. So that, that, <laughs> definitely, that was an easy segue that you already mm -hmm. got to. So you obviously, your team contributes uh, code, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. um, when you were talking a little bit about yourself and, and what you guys do. Uh, so where was the Open Telemetry project born? What was the what was the problem it was trying to solve? Yeah, so Open Telemetry uh, was born about uh, three years ago uh, as a merger of, of two uh, previous open source projects. Um, that was dealing with um, telemetry data generation um, and collection. So OpenTelemetry is an open source project of the uh, CNCF, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation. Um, there are many, um, many different uh, companies uh, in the industry that are supporting this project. Of course, we at Cisco uh, and many other big, big companies um, uh, are supporting and contributing to this project. And the idea is to have a standard way of collecting data and generating data um, from your application. So let's say that you have uh, a, a system that is built uh, with the microservices architecture. So you have uh, a lot of different services uh, each one of them can be using a different programming language, right? But eventually you want the data to be unified. Like you said, 
you, you want to, to look uh, to be similar, you want to be able to correlate the data between the microservices. Um, and another thing that you want is that you don't want to change all of your microservices if you want to use a different vendor, right, for alerting, let's say, or for metrics. Um, so uh, this is where uh, um, the different vendors uh, decided to join forces and to create a standard way of, of generating this data. So how do I create a span? How do I create a trace? Uh, what does a metric look like? How do I send all of this data from my application to whatever backend I'm using for observability? So this is what open telemetry is about. So eventually open telemetry ha has a API and SDK for every programming uh, language, uh, which define how, uh, the, how the, 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 the telemetry data uh, is created. And there are also libraries for automatic instrumentation. And that means that you can automatically generate this telemetry data without needing to actually write, uh, you know, without changing any, any line of code in your application. So uh, you can just uh, configure uh, your, your uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, your Lambda function or your uh, Java microservice uh, to work with OpenTelemetry. Um, and, and then OpenTelemetry itself um, instrument the different calls to other microservices, uh, the interesting uh, operation that, that happens in your system and create metrics and traces for those operations. And then you can collect all of them to a single backend. And this can be one of many different vendors that create backends for OpenTelemetry. Um, and, and then you can use those backends to, um, to monitor and troubleshoot your application. So, Let's get to the security aspect of all of this. You know, I mean, yeah. this is uh, more of a security podcast and uh, telemetry mm -hmm. and observability, metrics, logs, all that stuff is super important for any organization, not just from a business level, uh, not just from a speed of uh, coding um, mm -hmm. You know, level, but but also security needs to be kept in mind uh, at all times for the safety of the organization. So, what is observability? Where do observability and security intersect? Yeah, so I think that um, uh, uh, first, when you want to build a secure system, you have to know uh, what your system is built of, right? So this is the first step where observability is important when you're talking about security. We have to know what are the services that participate in our system, that take part uh, in our system, right? Uh, we have to know what are the APIs that uh, our system exposes, who uses those APIs. All of these uh, can be done with observability tools. So this is the first, uh, um, the first thing that comes in mind when we're talking about observability and security. Understanding our system is the first step uh, of building a secured system, I think. And the next thing I can, th I can think of is uh, when it comes to investigating security issues on your system. So this is 
very similar to investigating uh, uh, bugs, right? Or 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 or, uh, um, or having to uh, to optimize your system. You want to be able to to understand what exactly happened during this security incident. You want to be able to understand what are the different microservices that took part in this uh, data breach. Let's say um, you have to be able to correlate logs between those different services. So if you don't have the right tools for doing that, uh, it will take you a lot of time. And I don't think that you'll be able to do it um, um, in the right way eventually. So having the right tools for observability can benefit your organization uh, tremendously when it comes to investigating security issues. Can you, can you actually uh, reach an understanding of, let's say, some sort of security breach within, you know, we hear, I mean, that we, there are so many different kinds of breaches, uh, <sighs> especially lately, which we're hearing about and more and more. Are those things actually uh, able to be recognized through observability platforms uh, and observability tools? Or is that something that's maybe just sort of like a cybersecurity, you know, you need a command center for that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm not sure regarding um, if you're talking about uh, um, getting to know that a security breach happened or to investigate a security issue. Well, I mean, I guess both, right? So there's the actual penetration of a system and then there's mm -hmm. recognizing that something happened afterwards and figuring out what the failure was. I assume that figuring out what the yeah. failure was, that stuff is all there. What about sort of almost real time observability? Is that such a, is there a thing <laughs> such as real time observability? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so uh, um, at Epsilon and at Cisco, we are building uh, the tools just for that, for 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 real time observability. Our systems work with with your production environment, and our libraries, uh, the Open Telemetry libraries, send data from production uh, environment. And you can see in Epsilon and in AppDynamics, uh, um, which is a Cisco solution, you can see the, the, the actual system in production. So that's definitely uh, uh, something that we are working on and uh, an inherent uh, part of observability. Um, regarding um, security breach, I think that um, uh, usually our systems are built for monitoring and the alerts and metrics are uh, more uh, targeted for for you know for, for business metrics and for development metrics. So you want to make sure that everything is working uh, fine and so on. And and it's it's less relevant, I, I think, for understanding a that that a security breach happened. But I think that for investigating a security issue, uh, this is definitely a place where. If you have the right systems, uh, you can do it uh, much more efficiently, um, uh, and and you can get a very better understanding of what exactly was the security breach, and maybe even what are the development um, development uh, um, aspect that were not taken into consideration when building your systems that allowed the security breach to happen. Right, so if you have the right um, the right tools for observability, 
it can definitely benefit you uh, when you are investigating a security issue. Got it, got it. So this has been awesome. And I have one, one last question. Where can everyone find more information about OpenTelemetry? How can they get started? And how can people reach you? Um, so um, if you want to start um, uh, looking into OpenTelemetry, uh, you, can, um, you can find it on opentelemetry.io, uh, which is the official uh, website of OpenTelemetry. Um, you can find their uh, documentation on how to get started with OpenTelemetry, how to use the OpenTelemetry um, libraries for your exact use case. Um, uh, if you want to, do, to use it for metrics or for traces, so it's all there. Um, you can uh, you can uh, search for uh, AppDynamics Cloud, which is uh, a, a solution that we are building at Cisco for observability. Um, and if you want to reach out for me, uh, I'm available at uh, Twitter and at LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to hear uh, uh, to answer any questions that uh, you may have about observability and open telemetry uh, in particular. Right. What's your handle on Twitter? Uh, it's Yosef Obiv, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an easy one. <laughs> it's, it's confusing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Yosef, thank you so much. It was great to have you on. This was a really interesting talk. I learned a lot more about observability, so I'm happy. And uh, for having me, our, Jeremy. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I think our listeners will be happy with it too. So thanks so much. And like I say at the end of all the episodes, stay secure. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye.